You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Don Guerra. And I'm Nikki Stewart-Ingersoll. This is the WFHB Local News for Monday, October 25th, 2021. Later in the program, WFHB News speaks with Aaron White, Director of Leisure, Marketing, and Media Relations for Visit Bloomington, about the second annual Bloomington Restaurant Week, which celebrates local restaurants in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. More in today's feature reports. But first, Abe Shapiro has your local news brief. Firehouse Studios in Bloomington, Indiana. This is the WFHB Local News Brief for Monday, October 25th, 2021. I'm Abe Shapiro. On Thursday, the Monroe County Board of Health voted to extend the countywide mask mandate into November. The mandate is likely to remain in effect until cases drop below 50 per every 100,000 residents. Recently, the rolling average has dipped towards 100 cases per 100,000 residents, meaning Monroe County remains in the yellow rank of advisory, but is now in hot pursuit of blue, the rank provided to counties no longer requiring a mask mandate. Based on comments from IU Vice President for Strategic Partnerships, Kirk White, 93% of IU students are vaccinated. However, because Monroe County's overall vaccination rate stands at around 60.7%. Board of Health member Robert Wren reasoned that the vaccination rate for the non-university population must be lower. While the Board of Health was unanimous, one concern came from board member Mark Norell, a school teacher. Norell commented that while he and his students must, quote, do what we gotta do, end quote, he expressed frustration that wearing a mask obscures facial expressions of both himself and his students, hindering effective communication in the classroom. Norell explained, My students cannot see my facial expressions. They don't know when I'm kidding around and when I'm smiling. I can't recognize faces as well as I did. Despite the board's affirmative vote for extending the mask mandate, the county's board of commissioners will need to approve the Board of Health's change to the regulations. Such a vote has been scheduled for Wednesday, October 27th at 10 a.m. In other news, the Indiana Supreme Court announced today the implementation of a pre-eviction diversion program for providing rental assistance to landlords and tenants in a more effective manner. Tenant lawyers expressed concerns that the program is non-mandatory and that landlords will not have an incentive to participate. In addressing the possibility of making participation in the program mandatory, Indiana Court of Appeals Judge Robert Altis Jr. replied that, quote, it can be difficult for a court, not a legislative branch, to mandate a landlord to do certain things, end quote. 
In September, the Indiana Supreme Court created a nine-person task force to review the eviction process in the state and submit recommendations on how the program should work by January 17th. Following the expiration of the federal eviction moratorium on August 26th, tenants were being taken to court by their landlords over non-payment of rent. However, effective November 1st, courts must advise tenants and landlords at the first hearing of any eviction case if they are interested in or pursuing rental assistance or participating in a settlement conference. The Free Landlord and Tenant Settlement Conference Program, which both landlord and tenant must both agree to in order to participate for this option to be considered, entails that tenant and landlord engage in a discussion facilitated by a neutral helper to ensure productivity on both sides. While facilitators may be registered Indiana mediators, senior judges, or attorneys, they cannot offer legal advice to either party. The federal government gave about $410 million to Indiana state and local governments in December 2020 for distribution to houses in need of emergency rental assistance. But so far, only 38% of those funds have been allocated. When questioned about this, Brandon Beeler, director of the Housing Law Center at Indiana Legal Services and a member of the Eviction Task Force, explained that, quote, Tenant and landlord advocates are, oftentimes, against each other, but there is universal agreement among everybody that the ERA funds need to get out quicker and quicker, end quote. So the Evictions Task Force report said courts handling eviction cases face challenges such as informing parties about available eviction resources, ensuring attendance of parties in court, and a lack of timely status updates on rental assistance applications. However, the November 1st reforms crafted by the Eviction Task Force will be the latest effort to correct an ongoing issue in public policy that has become further prominent during the pandemic. That's all for your Monday News Brief. For WFHB, I'm Abe Shapiro. Live and learn. At the Bloomington City Council meeting on October 20th, Public Works Director Adam Wason gave an update on the sanitation department. He said that in January, they started using a new software, Rootware, to help monitor waste pickup more efficiently. So throughout the day, we're able to track where our trucks are uh, throughout the city, how long it's taking to complete their routes, uh, how many miles they're driving, um, amount of idle time, um, all sorts of different aspects of um, tracking the, uh, the drivers on their routes to know where, um, how much progress is being made throughout the day. Um, there's also um, route management. There's, um, there's a work order system. So if we have, say, uh, a breakdown or a, a, a call in that says uh, recycling was missed at, you know, 301 South Smith, we can put a work order in and send that out to a truck on the routes. Um, there's uh, we have different uh, reporting and route maker options that I'm happy to run any of the council members through all the back office capabilities uh, at their convenience. Uh, one of the great programs that we've got and we've 
actually just reinstalled some new cameras that are higher definition. Um, so each truck has a camera on it that will take pictures um, as needed. So if we pull up to home and there's no carts out, we'll snap a quick picture to know that they weren't um, participating that day. Uh, we'll also take a picture if there's trash overflowing or the, the lids are open or they're too close to a vehicle to be picked up uh, amongst many other things. So that's just one of the nice um, background uh, parts of the program as well. He reported that there was an increase in recycling and solid waste since the start of the pandemic, which he attributed to residents spending more time at home and food delivery services becoming more popular. He also shared that back in 2019, Hoosier Disposal said that they would start requiring a processing fee for recycling due to changes in the international commodities market. Director of Economic and Sustainable Development Alex Crowley and Assistant Director of Sustainability Lauren Clemens gave a climate and sustainability progress report. Clemens shared Bloomington's energy and emission-related goals. Bloomington's community goal in the 2021 Climate Action Plan is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions an additional 25% by 2030 with the objective of net zero or no additional emissions by 2050. The sectors that primarily contribute to creating emissions include buildings and energy, transportation, and waste sectors, as seen on this diagram. The building and energy sector refers to the production, transmission, and use of electricity and natural gas to heat and cool residential, commercial, and industrial buildings. The Climate Action Plan states that 81% of the total greenhouse gas emissions that must be reduced by 2030 as a community must result from electricity and natural gas consumption decreases from all sources. One way to do this is to replace traditional energy sources with renewable energy sources, such as solar, as well as improving energy efficiency. It took almost 10 years for Monroe County to reach one megawatt of solar capacity. We are now up to eight megawatts with a 35% growth since, since 2018. After four months of slowed solar activity in mid 2020, Solar permitting and installations have picked up again in 2021, and now there are now over 600 installations across the county. She also reported that transportation sector emissions decreased by 20% in 2020 due to pandemic-related impacts. However, COVID-19 has led to less people taking public transportation, and emissions have increased in 2021. Councilmember Sue Scambaleri asked Clemens and Crowley how to collaborate with surrounding communities on this global issue. I especially appreciate your comments about the potential. Um, first, you're, you're observing that climate response is not just a local issue. It's a regional issue. It's, it's a national issue. Um, and I'd be interested in your take on opportunities for collaboration with our regional colleagues, and in particular, our county colleagues. Um, we have talked about that on and off over time, um, but where are the real opportunities? Where, where is the low-hanging fruit, if you will? Um, if you had to ask us to focus anywhere in particular in collaboration with county, where might it be? Clemens said that Monroe County has a similar emissions report to Bloomington, even though an official study hasn't been done yet. So she recommended that the opportunities for working together on energy efficiency and solar power would be a good place to start. The next council meeting will be a special session held on October 27th. At the Monroe County Board of Commissioners meeting on October 20th, 
Commissioner Lee Jones gave an apology to County Clerk Nicole Brown for a misunderstanding that occurred during a meeting between the election board and the county commissioners on October 18th. I want to very sincerely apologize for an extremely unfortunate incident which occurred during Monday's meeting with the election board. In particular, I want to offer my most sincere apology to Clerk Brown, for whom I have great respect. Beyond that, I would like to apologize to the entire community for what I can clearly see looked like extreme disrespect. She said because tensions between the commissioners and the election board have been high recently, she understood why her comments were perceived as disrespectful. She explained that she was talking to her cat, who had climbed on top of her computer, but she was sorry for any interpretations that came across as contemptuous. Commissioner's Administrator Angie Purdy presented the Heading Home 2021 Letter of Support. This is a um, letter of support between, for you guys, um, for United Way and the Community Foundation of Bloomington and Monroe County. And um, this is a, a, an agreement that, um, much like the, um, the, the dissolution of the per diem fund, this is going to require signatures from both the Board of Commissioners and the County Council. Um, because we're talking about the use of the American Rescue Plan Act dollars. And what, what, your, um, what this letter does is um, states that you are committing $1.2 million um, to be used specifically for programming and expenses incurred prior to January 1st, 2024, for this project um, that is addressing homelessness within our community. Commissioner Penny Githens said that the fund would be a preventative measure to help prevent homelessness in Monroe County. This is not just to help people who are homeless, but also to prevent homelessness. Um, we would we truly, the kind of the motto within the Heading Home Step is to make homelessness rare, brief, and non-repeating. So um, we, we really do want to prevent homelessness as much as possible. Commissioner Julie Thomas added that the fund would help with things like down payments, securing mortgages, and to be a bridge to get people out of poverty and homelessness. She said it came out of the decision for community members to work together to address the problem instead of having multiple groups fighting over funds. The commissioners unanimously voted to approve the Heading Home 2021 Letter of Support. The next county commissioner's meeting will be held on October 27th. Now it's time for your feature report. WFHB News Director Cade Young spoke with Aaron White, Director of Leisure, Marketing and Media Relations for Visit Bloomington about the second annual Bloomington Restaurant Week. White says the idea of Bloomington Restaurant Week was born out of the COVID-19 pandemic as a means to celebrate local restaurants during trying times for the dining industry. We turn to Cade Young for that interview. White, Director of Leisure, 
Marketing and Media Relations at Visit Bloomington. Welcome to the WFHB Local News. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So, Aaron, today marks the beginning of the second Bloomington Restaurant Week. So, would you just walk me through how this week, which celebrates local restaurants, originally came together? Sure. Well, we're really excited to uh, be be able to host um, the second annual Bloomington Restaurant Week, um, which we began um, in the throes of of the global pandemic last fall, um, as a way to entice. Um, locals and also um, visitors to the Bloomington and Monroe County area to patronize um, the restaurants that we all know and love so much um, in an effort to really keep those businesses afloat uh, while they were in the middle of the pandemic. The uh, the the week was so successful and the feedback was so positive that we surveyed our restaurants again um, this year and they overwhelmingly stated that they would like to continue with the restaurant week again in 2021. So here we are. Absolutely. And you, you had mentioned the COVID-19 pandemic was sort of um what launched this this whole week right and i was i was doing some research about restaurants in the pandemic and i found according to data from the national restaurant association more than 110,000 eating and drinking establishments closed in 2020 whether temporarily or permanently putting sales for the restaurant and food service industry some 240 billion dollars below its pre-pandemic 2020 forecasts And here locally, in Bloomington alone, more than a dozen local restaurants were forced to close their doors, including staples like the Laughing Planet Cafe, Darn Good Soup. So how does this support local restaurants in light of the COVID-19 pandemic? Restaurant weeks have typically been billed as an opportunity for folks to really celebrate the the dining community that exists uh, within their areas. And so we wanted to make sure again that the the places that the our residents and visitors know and love um, continue to feel the support of of everyone during these difficult times. And so um, Restaurant Week was born out of that. Now with that, what does this week entail? What can Bloomington restaurant goers expect from Restaurant Week? Sure. So from today, October 25th through Sunday, November 7th, uh, folks can enjoy over a dozen uh, different restaurants' special menus um, uh, to enjoy during restaurant week. So what can they expect? They can expect some fantastic opportunities um, and offers for unique menu combinations that include um, a Three, three distinct courses. So that could be an appetizer, a main course, and a dessert. It could be a drink, a main, a side. So kind of different, different types of um, price ranges, different types of cuisines, different types of offerings, but all with the, the value um, in mind for a great experience. So perfect for either taking uh, your family out or going out with, um, a special date night or or just 
maybe hopping out with some coworkers um, and really taking advantage of these of these fantastic offers. These restaurants have. Um, of course, risen to the challenge um, and provided some really fantastic offerings. And we are so excited for locals and visitors to experience all of these deals um, from now through Sunday, November 7th. So really almost two weeks of, of great deals. And I think it points to the culture in Bloomington, right? We we have such a culinary scene, unlike many places, especially here in Indiana. So in in your opinion, what makes Bloomington restaurants special? Oh, well, I would first start out by saying that the the restaurants wouldn't be what they are without the staff uh, who show up and work hard every single day. Um, and as we all know, that has been something that has been more important uh, throughout the pandemic and an emphasis has been put on, on those folks and the hard work that they do uh, to make the enjoy it experiences enjoyable and the food tasty. So, you know, we, we wouldn't be who we are first and foremost without those folks working in those restaurants. Secondly, it's the, the unique ambiances and experiences that the restaurant owners um, and the groups of people who are in charge of running these restaurants bring to the table, no pun intended. Uh, so from, you know, the, the unique decor, um, seating opportunities that are both indoors and outdoors, Right now, we're getting to experience um, <clears throat> the restaurant scene in Bloomington is and has always been very vibrant and uh, recognized and celebrated as, like you mentioned, one of the most um, dynamic types of food experiences that you can have while in the Bloomington and Southern Indiana. Um, and I would, I would also say Indiana area in general. Um, it is, it, we are just a, a treasure trove of um, culinary experiences with more than 350 unique places to dine in Bloomington and Monroe County. We really are fortunate to be able to have such a diverse selection of restaurants and uh, coffee shops and um, tea houses. And, you know, the the list just goes on and on. We've got such uh, such great opportunities here. And, and Bloomington Restaurant Week is really just um, a small way to indulge in those different types of experiences. Now, Aaron, if folks want to find specials available this week, a list of participating restaurants, menus, so on and so forth, where should they go to find that information? Well, it's actually very easily accessible. Uh, folks can log on to bloomingtonrestaurantweek.com um, and, and easily be transported to the participating restaurants section um, and listings for the offers and menus that are available with our participating restaurants. The, they will also find a small um, frequently asked questions section in case um, there is any confusion or um, need for clarification on what exactly Bloomington Restaurant Week is. Um, no special menus are necessary. Um, that is just, um, you don't need to purchase any tickets or anything. You just show up to the restaurant and you ask uh, for the Bloomington Restaurant Week menu. And you order from that and it is simple and you can participate. Um, you can go back to the same place and have their Restaurant Week menu um, for two weeks straight or you could try a different place every day. You know, it's a very, very accommodating and low barrier, easy to enjoy. 
Absolutely. Now, Aaron, is there anything else that you would like to add before we part ways? Sure. Well, uh, Visitors to BloomingtonRestaurantWeek.com uh, will also find um, a lot of information on um, different types of ways to experience Bloomington's food scene. So blogs from eating like a local to dinner and drinks on the patio, cheap lunches in Bloomington, best bakeries, uh, best burgers, all sorts of different places uh, to find information out about Bloomington's restaurant scene, um, perhaps uh, categorized in a way that you hadn't explored before. So we would encourage people to um, click on as many of those articles, find a new a new place to enjoy, or bring your friends and family back to one of your most beloved uh, regular mainstays in your menus. Um, we we just really want to celebrate the the restaurant scene that exists in Bloomington and help it continue to thrive as we um you know continue this wild ride if you will <laughs> and um you know we're just we're just really appreciative of all of the the locals and visitors who have been so supportive to our restaurants throughout the last 18 months or so and i i'm sure that they would they would say the same well, Aaron White, Director of Leisure, Marketing, and Media Relations at Visit Bloomington, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Cade. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Abe Shapiro and Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Cade Young. And our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young for WFHB. I'm Don Guerra. And I'm Nikki Stewart-Ingersoll. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. You can be part of our award-winning news team. For more information about joining our volunteer team of citizen journalists, Email news at WFHB.org. Stay tuned for With Good Reason, coming up next on WFHB. WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 